I feel like your gut always wins. Like your gut always kind of knows before like data knows. And it's like, all right, imagine you started four websites and the one that you hate it working on the most is the winner. Well, guess what? You're stuck doing that thing. So, um, good luck with your beard oil blog. What's up, you guys? My name is Mick Koshovsky, and welcome to episode 12 of That Remote Show, where we hear from location-independent entrepreneurs and professionals so you can learn to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. Today, I am joined on the podcast by Matt Giovannisi, who is an entrepreneur and creator with a wide range of skills, which he has used to grow his website, swimuniversity.com, into the top resource for pool and hot tub owners on the internet, which is weirdly enough how I actually first found him way back when I was still working as a lifeguard. And that's a story we dive into in the episode. And through his parent company, Ace Media, Matt has started and sold multiple businesses ranging from niche affiliate sites to software and podcasts. And we get into all about how he has been able to do that in this episode. Uh, And if you're someone who has many different interests and finds it difficult to focus on just one project, this is not an episode that you want to miss because we talk with Matt about how he's been able to juggle many different projects at the same time and how it has actually been a key to his success. Um, So before we jump into the interview, though, I want to give a quick shout out to Lindsay Ray 23, who left a five star review on iTunes and said, can't wait for more. I am already a huge fan of Miko's blunt honesty and will be following his journey as I would love to work remotely as well. I heard about him from EPOP and love zero to travel. So I was very excited for the second episode with Jason. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to leave re- leave a review, and I'm so glad that you are enjoying the podcast so far. And if you're listening right now and you're also enjoying the podcast, take a second and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, and perhaps you too will receive a shout out on the next episode. So all right, you guys, with that out of the way, let's jump into this week's episode with Matt Giovannisi. All right, my guest today is the founder of MoneyLab.co and the MoneyLab podcast, along with several other online businesses. He is an entertaining entrepreneur, web wizard, podcast producer, music maker, video veteran, and alliteration addict. Matt, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. I got to say, that is, uh, I asked you, you know, for like a little intro before, you know, we we jumped on. You sent me that, and I was like, nice. That's a a nice (laughs) touch right there. That's my... uh... Yeah, that's Twitter bot. <laughs> well, um, so when I was doing a little prep for this episode, the other thing that I found on your website, uh, which is moneylab.co, which I mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, if you guys are you know listening, go check that out. Uh, I've discovered this page that you have on your website that is uh, called Matt Wants to Be a Guest on Your Podcast. And I've never seen this anywhere before. Can you tell me a little bit about this page <laughs> and like, how it came about? Yeah. I oh, All right. That's an old that's an old one. I did. Um, I wanted to do a marketing blitz. Like I wanted to get on a bunch of podcasts and I had this thought of, well, what if, you know, usually you hire a service or you go out there and you create like a one sheet and you pitch a bunch of podcast hosts to try to get on their show. And, you know, it's kind of hit or miss. And I thought, well, instead of, you know, creating a one sheet and emailing it to everybody, why not create a page that potentially would go viral and then a bunch of podcasters would just like literally <laughs> and it sounds like super douchey, but like they would they would just they would want they would like I had such a good sales page and like gave podcasters all the things that I knew that they needed, like photos and like facts, fun, weird facts about me and all this stuff. And and I, I actually got booked on about 30 podcasts because it did go viral in a way because like I got people. um there was a podcast called like the unmarketing podcast that like talked about it, like just mm. talked about the page. I never was on their show, but they they acknowledged that it existed. And so it, like it did pretty well. And I but the problem was I got on 30 shows and those shows were, you know, and they weren't all of the highest quality and, and relevance. So I ended up uh, 
really just wasting a lot of time with going on shows. But hey, you know. Hey, it uh, it got you on this podcast, you know, which is also did getting it? started. No, it so. <laughs> no, it yeah. did. We know each other. It did yeah. not. No, yeah, but yeah, I gotta say that the uh, the pictures. I was like looking through it, and the pictures at the bottom. I'll put the show note in the show notes. Uh, mm-hmm. This the link to this page, but the pictures are pretty phenomenal. I yeah, think I, I might took, have to use them for oh, this episode. Feel free. I mean, that, that's the point. Yeah, so it's like pictures of me with a with a blank, like a, a transparent background, like just like putting my arm out so like you could put yourself, like the host could put them so I could have my arm around them. Yeah, it's it's yeah, I went I went I went above and beyond on it, but <laughs> it was fun. It it worked. It worked. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. No, it's great. Well, so like you said, we know each other. We've met each other a couple times. Uh, mm-hmm. The first time in Denver, where I or Boulder, where I yeah. drank all of your beer. So thank yep. you for that. That was very You're nice welcome. of you. Uh, because you are a pretty well accomplished brewer. I was actually just I live across the street from a brewery at the moment. Like this uh, is I'm nice. I've peaked. Um, and I was telling the brewers there that the best beer I've ever had was yours. What is it called? The high fiving a million angels. Is that that's what you the call one it? that's out now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. Um, but yeah, so you know, we met that way, and then um, our friend, mutual friend Travis, introduced us from Location Indie. However, mm-hmm. you and I have a little bit of a further connection that I don't know if you're aware of, and that is that you spent quite a bit of time working in the pool industry, and mm-hmm. so did I. I worked as a lifeguard for seven years, which is too long to be a lifeguard. However, when I first started getting into online marketing, I said, you know what? I bet pool stuff and like lifeguarding would be a really good topic for this. And I went and I searched it and I found the swim university, which was your website. Yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah. no, this fucking guy's all over this. I yeah. can't do this. So <laughs> how did the swim university get started and how did you launch that site? Cause that's like your main baby, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah, I did. So I started in the pool industry when I was 13. It's like the first job I ever had. It was at the store in my town. And my my buddy's like neighbor worked there, like this older uh, woman. And she was like, hey, do you kids want a summer job? Sure. You know, we'd work there on the weekends. And I kind of just like I'm I'm, I guess I'm a pretty loyal like employee and a worker because I stayed there for years. I mean, probably till I was like 18. And then, um, well, no, I guess I was 16. So three years as like a, you know, it's pretty long, I think. I guess it's not that long. Uh, but I then I went and worked for another company. Um, another pool company, same sort of thing. I, I was hired as an assistant manager because I had prior experience. Like I remember, uh, getting hired there and I was 16 and they're like, do you, of course, I'm like, yeah, I have prior experience. They're like, that's an how, <laughs> like, how do you have prior, <laughs> like you're, you're 16. Uh, and so I literally had been in the industry forever. And then I, there was a moment where we were, I had a, I had a band. And uh, we needed a website. And so this is like back before my space was a thing. It was a while ago. And I, I, I spent the winter because it was in New Jersey. So it was like cold in the winter. It wasn't a lot of customers. I spent that time learning website design on my own just with books and just trial and error with like pad and started building a website for my band, learned website design and, um, and code. And then basically was like, Oh, well, what if I took, you know, all this pool knowledge and I put it online as like a a website. And this is like, again, before, like I even knew what WordPress was. So I built swim university as like this, um, affiliate mark. I knew about affiliate marketing and I knew about like AdSense and stuff. And so I was like, Oh, I'm going to build this site for this reason. And that was in 2000 2006 somewhere in that in that time frame because 2004 was when I, I remember bought, buying the domain name then and then I kind of sat on it and didn't really do much with it I lost the domain name had to buy it back from a, somebody for a hundred bucks instead of ten bucks and then I uh, I started this site I think like 2005 or six one of those years I don't know the exact year I, I say I usually say 2006 I think my website says 2006 um, and yeah, I, 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 it was so part time. It was like, so I was, I was, I was a really bad writer. I didn't go to college. Um, I was, I failed every English class in high school. The only English class I ever passed in high school was creative writing. Cause that's, you know, I feel like I'm creative. So I, I would write these like 300 word pieces of shit articles and got some, I, I got, I had a little bit of success early with, 
I had a post about robotic pool cleaners that I had written and did some keyword research on and was learning SEO and stuff like that. And then that got some traffic and I was like, oh, okay. And you know, I started making some money through affiliate links and maybe like a hundred bucks a month. And I was like, okay, but it was still like really, really part time until, um, I had, I got fired. I got fired from my pool job because, uh, the, the, the my boss found out that I had some university. Um, he found yeah. out that you had that and thought that was like, what, like competition or what? Conflict of interest. Yeah. That's what he said. And he said, I swear to God, he said, he sat me down and he was like, he's like, Matt, because I was like his favorite employee. Like I, he, he like loved me. Yeah. And because um, I'm like, you know, I was good at my job. I was I, I was on time. I did with my work, you know, all that stuff. He was just like and I, I worked very close with him, too. Like he was like I was like his right hand man when it came to marketing um, for the company. And it's a pool company. And he goes, you know, he's like, I'm not really mad. I'm just disappointed. I'm like, what? Me, my mom, like, give me a fucking break. So I ended up, um, I actually had another job lined up, thankfully, and so I just like parlayed into that other job, which actually was more money, and it was five minutes down the road. So it was like right down the road, same exact job, just wasn't for a pool company anymore, and uh, worked there for a few years, and I got what laid were off. What you doing? What do you mean? Um, it's the same kind of job, but not for a pool company. Meaning, uh, so okay, so there was a there was a moment like I was doing, um. Like I worked at a pool store, so I was helping customers. I was I, I wasn't actually going out and cleaning pools. A lot of people think mm-hmm. like I was a pool boy. I, I didn't do that. I I ran um, for a couple of years. I ran a service department where that was part of the job. So I had I was I've never actually gone out and done those things besides mm-hmm. like here and there. Like I actually had to go out and clean like the pools in our showroom and things like that. And I also installed um, a bunch of like gear on, on different people's pools because I wanted to learn more about it. So I did a lot of that, but I, um, when I'm, I actually got, because of my website design skills, my, my boss, uh, who was working at the pool store because the pool store had four locations. And so he worked at corporate. So it was, it was pretty big. And he came in and he was like, you know, a tyrant, like he would come in and just like go nuts. And like, you didn't want to be standing still. If you were standing still, like you could get fired, like that kind of boss. Right. And, um, he, he, we weren't allowed to use the computers for the internet, right? Obviously, because it's, it's a retail store or whatever. And so I did, and I would check my own websites because I was building websites. And then he found out that I ha- he found my band's website, and he asked me. He was like, "Did you do this?" And I was like, "Did I did I use the internet?" He's like, "No, did you build this?" And I was like, "Yeah, I built that." He's like, "Oh, this is pretty good." And I was like, "Oh, thanks." And then he hired me to do the website for the company, and then he. And then I ended up getting a website design job, um, like a full-time one. So I left. And six months later, he called me and, and brought me into his office and hired me back as a marketing director for the entire corporate um, center. So I was in charge of marketing for four stores. And I worked in the corporate office for about five or six years. And in that time is when Swimming Diversity started. And there was rumors going around that I had like, I was like putting links on our, you know, corporate web- website back to my personal website, which wasn't better than that would not help my SEO whatsoever. Cause we're talking about this local tiny, no SEO, like this, you know, page rank of two, you know, compared to what I had. And I'm like, why would I do that? It makes no sense. And, uh, and so that wasn't true, but I ended up like, he ended up firing me because I guess I had that. And then I ended up working for another company doing marketing, but it was for a restoration company. So house burns down, gets you flooded. You know, it was really, you know, I went from marketing fun pools, hot tubs to your house is getting destroyed and it is destroyed. Like maybe we can help you. Do you have insurance? Ooh, you know, like that kind of <laughs> marketing. So I did that for a couple of years and then I got laid off because the company wasn't, I couldn't afford to, to have me on anymore. And I, that was the first time I had collected unemployment and I was like, and I knew it too. Like I knew it was coming. So I knew for like two months that like my job was on the line, but I knew that I didn't, I didn't deserve to be fired. I wasn't going to get fired because I was, I mean, I like my boss liked me. Mm-hmm. I, I did good work and I just think that he wanted to sort of use me not full time, but like he, when he needed me. So like, Hey, we need a flyer. Hey, we need a website gotcha. change. Hey, we need, you know, so like a freelancer, a, like a freelancer position. And so 
I, I, I asked him if I could collect unemployment, you know, and I said, you know, obviously if we do a, a deal where I'm a freelancer, it's, it's totally under the table. And I don't know if I should admit that, but yeah, I, I, I kind of, <laughs> but I knew it was coming for a few months because, um, you know, you just have a sense that it was mm -hmm. coming. And so I kind of mentally prepared that like, Hey man, life's about to hand you like a golden gift. It's about to hand you a business loan. You're, yeah. you're going to get, you're going to get, you're going to get to work for at least a year paid because you've been, I've been working since I was 13. I've been paying into the system. So I'm like, all right, I, yeah, I think I deserve this. And so I got the highest amount that I, I, from what I've been told that I could have gotten for unemployment, but I only had it for a year and I only had it for six months. So I like, you know, cause you have to renew it every six months. And so I knew I could renew it twice just because I had friends who had had it for like legit purposes. And so I was like, okay, well shit, if I have a year full time to work on, you know, my own business to work on some university, like I'm going to do it. Like there's no, there's no turning back. And so that was, that was the move there. So what was when you were about to, you know, go on unemployment, what yeah. did swim university look like then? Oh, again, maybe like a couple hundred bucks a month. And the, the articles on there, there was probably like a hundred articles. They all were about 300 to 500 words. It was on word. It was like half on WordPress, half on my own system that I, I built like a version of WordPress. Um, it was, yeah, it was like, it was pretty, it was okay. It was pretty good, but it was still like, I mean, if I look back on it, it was obviously terrible, but, um, yeah. so I yeah, think this was, is a, this is yeah. a good time to, I think, because if people are not familiar with you and we're, we're talking about this story and I think we need to put it in context in terms of like, mm -hmm. what is swim university like now? So that people know where you're at yeah. now and like, we can kind of like revisit how you got okay. there. Yeah. So swim university is a WordPress site. It's, I don't call it a blog because it's really just a how to site. It's, mm -hmm. um, but it's all about, um, and it's very much for people who take, who own swimming pools and hot tubs and it teaches them how to take care of it through, uh, articles and videos. And we make, uh, and all of our traffic comes mostly from, uh, Google and Pinterest and Pinterest is sort of like, you know, second, but also low. Um, and so right now, like the articles are really in depth. They're, um, very specific, like how to get rid of algae in a salt water pool. Um, and there's a, probably about 250 articles now, which doesn't sound like a lot from when I said it was a hundred, maybe that was like 10 years ago. Um, but we've, we've evolved and edited and, and, um, changed and, and, and combined and made better. So it was mm -hmm. like, we just kind of, you know, at one point I'm sure we were up upwards of like 400 articles, but you start, you know, as you, as you, I guess in, in any situation, like you never start out or and it's not necessarily true. I don't want to use this blanket statement, but like, Rarely do you start out, you know, um, with a perfect plan for the next five years and you mm -hmm. execute it perfectly. And so, uh, I, I, I did had no plan besides, oh, I want to build a website that teaches people pool and hot tub care and I'm going to make money with affiliate links. And that was like pretty much it. And I was also thinking about making money with advertising as well. So do you um, mind sharing, do you mind sharing what your traffic to the site and your revenue are now? Are you open? Yeah. Like so. Yeah, uh, last year I, did, I think I did five million all year, is um, that your and traffic? that was unique users. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, this month, it, it, so that we're recording this on the last day of May, uh, we probably had two million page views this month. Um, it's peak. I mean, we're at yeah. you know May and June are like the absolute peak for the pool season, and then it kind of dies out. But uh, on average, I roughly see around. Four to five hundred thousand unique visitors a month on the site. And what does that translate to in terms of like revenue? Revenue that's probably uh, between affiliate marketing, affiliate links, and I strictly use Amazon for affiliate links. I don't use any other um, affiliate program. And I ha sell my own product, so I have a product. Um, it's a digital product, an ebook with a video course for both pool and hot tub care. So it's the pool care handbook and the hot tub handbook. Um, and those are $49 each. And between that and affiliate marketing, I make about 300, the, 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 I don't make the business generates about $300,000 in, uh, annual revenue. That's some, that. that's like serious cash 
from like yeah, it's, yeah, it's one website. So yeah, I'm going to bring you back to when you were, you know, just kind of like about to collect unemployment and you basically had a six month, you know, like road. Yeah. What did you yeah. do in those six months to get to yeah. a place where you could like live off the, the site or were you uh, able to do it? No, <laughs> uh, no, if, uh, if I'm being honest, I actually did website design on the side. Okay. So, so I, I, but I had, so I was building some university. I was basically just writing articles. That was what I did. And I hated it. I, I hate writing articles still do. Um, and it was just like, it was a slog, but I knew I had to write long in-depth articles with gra I did a lot of graphic work. I did a lot of video work. So like mostly during that time I was creating content and, and probably for the next two or three or four years I was doing content solely by myself and to make up for the fact that, you know, some university wasn't bringing in enough for me to survive. I was doing, you know, website design. I had website design clients on the side. Um, so that, so between unemployment, website design clients and probably maybe a thousand bucks a month from some university. It, like I was totally fine. But at that moment, um, I had, you know, when I, when I, or when I got, when I got, um, let go and I had unemployment, I was living in my own condo. Um, that was pretty expensive. You know, I was, my mortgage was probably 1500 plus utilities. So, you know, like 1800 and I had a BMW, like a new BMW, um, cause I was making decent money at the restoration company and I was spending it cause I was pretty bad with money. And, um, I had a, I had expenses that were, were around like 4,500 a month. And so like, I didn't, I didn't spend any of that. I didn't put any of that money back into the business. I just took it all for myself, you know, to pay for my lifestyle. And pretty soon, like within the first month after I, I got unemployment, um, I decided that it wasn't right for me to have the, the, the house, the condo and the BMW. And I needed to like severely reduce my monthly expenses, uh, in order to make this thing work. And so I rented out my condo and I sold my BMW and I moved in with my younger brother who had owned a house down the street. And I lived in, you know, I had, a, I had a room and I had an office, which was like awesome. And I was paying like next to nothing for rent. Um, because it was my brother and I, it was either live with my brother or live with my parents. Like I had a choice and either one was going to cost the same. And so I was like, eh, I'd rather <laughs> say that I live with my brother. Uh, no offense, mom and dad, but, um, yeah, I did that. And that was, I, I was able to bring my expenses down to $1,300 a month. So it became a lot easier for me to be like, have a shitty month and be able to float myself into the next month. And then I just started reading a lot of, uh, personal finance books because I knew, well, if I'm, you know, my, if my income is not going to be predictable, then I'm going to need to figure out a way to save this and have, you know, I needed to just understand it because I didn't know anything about money. And I didn't know anything about credit cards. I didn't know anything about, you know, automation or anything. I just had like a checking account and I would just spend it. That was pretty much it. And I overdrafted like constantly. So, um, figured that out, you know, lowered my expenses and then did, did client work for about two years along with some university Unemployment stopped. When unemployment stopped, I was making about 40K a year with the university. Rather well. Um, a lot of those expenses went to, you know, actually the operation of the site, you know, hosting, if I needed to pay, you know, people to do writing or anything. And I still did um, website design on the side here and there. And then I started uh, working with Andrew and, on List of Money Matters, which is the podcast, the other podcast that I run, which is about personal finance. And we, we weren't really making any money for a year, but some university was like basically 40 K um, a year. So I was like, all right, I'm okay with that. Especially my expenses being super low. I was able to survive on that. But it, there, there came a time where I, I had to quit list of money matters because, you know, list of money matters wasn't bringing in a lot of money, but it was taking up an extreme amount of my time. And I'd been working on it for a year and I'm like, all right, this is like, you know, trickling in, um, and some university has potential because it's making money and it's, you know, whatever. And so I quit list of money matters and I kind of went back and refocused my time on some university. And that's when I was able to get it from 40, you know, within uh, about three or four years up to, uh, or about three, yeah, three or four years up to about 300 K is where I am now. And I'm probably a little bit more this year. So when you were, you know, still kind of like getting it started, cause I think, you know, you say 40 K and like, it's, I've noticed people who have kind of like reached these like 
really big numbers who really scale their companies they kind of like tend to like brush off the 40k you know 50k or whatever because oh that's that was huge. very yeah so what did you because for a lot of people i think that that like they hear 40k and they're like okay that that sounds decent you know like i can no, deal with it that. is yeah yeah so it is what did you do to get from the oh. to get to that yeah. like 40k right like what and like what kept you going because in those first you know like month year two years mm-hmm. a lot of people quit Right. So what kept yeah. you going? What did you do to scale it to that early level? Yeah. So to be fair, um, to, to, for more context and, and why, if we're talking to people who, who, you know, that I like, yeah, I agree that 40 K is a ridiculous amount of money for an internet business. Right. And I was able to survive on that. Like I, I, you know, my expenses were low enough, but the reason my expenses were low enough is I have no kids. I didn't have a girlfriend. Um, I, live with my brother. So I didn't pay for like furniture. I mean, I had done all that stuff. Um, I didn't pay for utilities. I, you know, I paid for food, food and rent. That was pretty much it. And, and my, my car. So my, I had a car to get around, which was like 200 bucks a month. And then food was probably like 500 bucks a month. And then the rest went to my, um, my brother, which for, for rent. And then that was like 1300 and that was it. You know, I didn't go out. I just sat at home, worked on my site, worked on other websites. And I think that's important because it's like, yeah, 40K sounds great if you're by yourself and you have super low expenses. Um, And also my motivation for going was, and I, I, I say this a lot and I mean it because this is the way that I operate. I thrive on negativity. Like Mm. if you tell me I can't, I will. And that might be an East Coast thing that I have or whatever. But I basically my motivation, which is still my motivation for for literally doing any of this is I never want to work for anyone else ever again. I do not want to boss if, if even, and I, you know, when I was selling sponsorships on some university, I had a bunch of bosses. They were all just like my boss. They were like, I was negotiating. I'm like, this sucks. Like, why do you get on the internet and you have to negotiate with people? Like, come on, you know, this this is awful. Um, so I just don't want anyone to tell me what to do ever. And if they do, then they're fucking out. And I, and I mean that in like the harshest way possible because I just, life's too short, man. I don't want to be told what to do. You know, there's people that need that and that's cool. I'm not one of those people. I, I, I hate it. That's why I didn't go to college because mm-hmm. I, I tried going to college two weeks twice and I got in fights with my teachers because they would, you know, they just didn't like what I was doing. So I was like, all right, well, fuck this place. I'm out. So I don't want to. I, I think like and I think a lot of people, I mean, I certainly like really resonate with that. Um, but I think a lot of what a lot of people do, and I've done this in the past, is like they know that they want that and they know that they don't want to have a boss. But they'll do is they'll mm-hmm. start one project and then they won't see anything happen in like, you know, X amount of time. And then they'll start something else and then they'll start something else. So and, and I think this is what's like really fascinating with your story is that you started this site. in OK, like you got the idea in 2004. You started in 2006. It's 2019. Like that's a lot like yep. like like what made you in those early years when you weren't making a lot of money like what kept you going on this idea as opposed to like oh I'm going to go fuck off and do this other thing or that other thing Uh okay I have a great answer for this Uh the thing that kept me going was actually fucking off and having other ideas Okay that I, I did that so much you have no idea The difference was is I I think one swim university is unique it's not, it, it, it's one of those things that, so when I left and did Listen Money Matters, like I pretty much neglected, neglected Swim University. It just sat there as a website. I didn't take it down. I just stopped producing on it. And it grew three times that year. With without you zero, touching it. Without me touching it. And I've done that with other sites. So it's like, I, I had that experience and I was like, oh, can this be repeated? And it's just, I think it's repeating it in a very specific niche. And I think it's specifically when you're targeting SEO things. Mm-hmm. SEO just takes time. And so I had put a lot of, and I put an entire year's worth of content creation. And then I went off and I got, was like super burned out. I went off and did 
you know, list of money matters, chase the new project. And in that whole time, like SEO was like catching up to swim university and it was growing and without, and then I was like, and then I, when I came back to it, I mean, it never technically left it. It was always there. But when I like refocused my attention a hundred percent on it, I was like, Whoa, this, okay. Oh, this is the name of the game. It's, it's, you know, create really good content, let it, let it marinate. It will eventually blossom into something. Um, especially if you do, you know, it was like a plant. If you, you know, if you put a plant, a seed in the shitty soil, it's not going to, it'll grow. It'll just grow slow and crappy. But if you like take the time to prep the soil and you put the good nutrients in it and you, you know, you put a good seed in there and you tend to it and you nurture it, like you can have a very, very nice, robust, full plant. And I think that that's the way I treat every single piece of content on my website, which is like the, the base, meaning my actual site itself has to be like legit. It has to be quick. It has to be simple. It has to be legible. Like it has to be, the user experience must be awesome. And then anytime I plant a seed, which is in my analogy, a, uh, an article or even an article plus a video, you know, it's like I'm putting in a good seed and, you know, also the key I've, I've researched and done my, I know that, that this article that people are literally searching for this article and I'm going to provide it for them. And so those things just take off. They just end up, you know, ranking in Google without any backlink building, without any outreach, just putting it out there on a very good we website. Google is smarter than all of us. They have AI that's incredibly smart. They know how to find good website and good content. And they're constantly getting better at it. So all you have to do is really that, which sounds simple, but it is hard. And that is my philosophy with SEO is just like, it's really not difficult. It's just like create really good stuff and make sure that the stuff that you're creating, people are actually searching for. If you can marry those two things together, then you have a site. And now that the site is huge, it's been around for 10 years, you know, and we, we own the domain until like, I guess when, until the earth ends. Um, we like when we produce an, a piece of content, we rank for that keyword. Like we just rank for it because Google trust us and it's almost unfair. You know, it's almost like it, it's, um, we don't really have a high domain ranking. We, you know, we just are trusted in the industry, I guess. And, and Google trust us because we, we have to, there's a balance. We have to care about what Google wants, which is providing great content very quickly. And then we have to also create what the customer wants. And there's a balance to play there. But usually Customers want the same thing as Google relevant, fast information. That's it. Um, and, and in, you know, and when I say in depth, I don't maybe I don't mean in depth. I just mean thorough. And I don't even mean overly thorough because people tend to do that too, where mm -hmm. they're like, I'm going to create the end all be all topic on algae. And they spend the first, you know, 6,000 words talking about the science of how, why algae exists on this planet. And I'm like, people who own swimming pools do not give a shit about <laughs> where algae comes from. They just don't want it in their pool. And so you just kind of have to get to the answer that they're looking for. And it's, and it's, you know, understanding what the user intent is when they visit your website. And I, we just know that, you know, and it's like, and that's the only reason I know that is because I've been doing it since I was 13. I've talked to probably a million pool owners at this point. I just had so many people that I've talked to and they're all the same. They're all the same. They just, they don't know. They throw their hands up. They just want to know. They just like give them the recipe and they'll do it. And then I hope it goes away. So, yeah, and I, I agree. I think a lot of people like, I, this is like what really like when I, I, cause I took your course on SEO and that's what I found really fascinating is he kind of said like, pull back all the tricks, stop looking for tricks, just deliver like what's really good. Make sure exactly you're talking about that your base, that your website's really good, that's really fast. And I think that's like a winning recipe because Google changes often, right? And if you're yeah. trying to like game the system and figure out the loopholes, you're like going to lose eventually. Maybe right now, maybe it's working right now, but you're going to sure. lose when that happens. And so and I think I've that lost that's twice. I've done that twice. What and did I've you do? And Google has penal um, like were you doing like I gray hat, like black hat kind of stuff? Oh, I was doing straight up black hat. <laughs> Without even knowing that's what it was called, I was being taught. I was I was part of this like academy, this online thing, and dudes were super nice, good intentions, uh, all around. But the 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 things they were teaching were black hat and, and possibly gray hat. I, and it was 
I was writing 300 word articles and then putting them up on my website and then writing the same article, but like switching around sentences. And then there was this thing called <clears throat> unique article wizard. I remember it because it was fucking hard to use, but basically you would write an article in such a way that the, the program would just mix around your sentences and it would still work as an article. And then we would, it would auto submit them to article directories, like easing articles and uh, all these like directories. And that's how I got all my backlinks to swim university. And then I think it was either penguin or Panda hit. And yeah, I like took a nosedive in traffic and, and then, you know, the, then the guys at the Academy were like, Oh shit. Uh, well <laughs> that didn't work. Um, Hey, we're going to change our philosophy. And I was just like, ah, I'm done. Yeah. Like, ah, crap. You know, I just got, it worked Like they were teaching me and what they were teaching me. Like I was doing well, I was good at it, but it ended up, yeah, not working out in the long run. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it, you, and that's the thing. Like you don't, you can't start with a plan. You just got to do it. You just got to mm. write. It sucks. I hate writing. <laughs> I hate so, it. I have a question about, this is something that I've like struggled with before. And that's, you, mm. you kind of mentioned, cause I think we're really similar in that. Like I want to do new things all the time. Like I, yes. like, something will pique my curiosity and I'll go down the rabbit hole and I'll learn, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll nerd out on that thing. Super. And so what you were saying is that essentially what kept you going on swim university was having the ability to kind of like go do something else. Would you yeah. then recommend that if people want to do what you've done, which, you know, for those who maybe don't know everything, like you have several sites along with swim, swim university, sure. would you then recommend for you to start one? create mm -hmm. some good stuff on there, stop, and then go on to another one while that first one kind of, uh, you no, know, like I yeah, ideally I wouldn't have not have done those things that I did, but ultimately that's what kept me going. Right. So that's the, that's the catch 22 of it, which is I, I went and started, um, you know, y y look, you get tired of writing about pools you know sure. especially when I, and i was working at the pool store and would come home and write about pools i'm like all right i'm done like i don't even own a pool just writing about them uh and you just get bored and and creatively you get bored and so like what i would do um is find ways to be to to um satiate that appetite for um just like distraction mm -hmm. within your own brand Right. And one of the ways that I was able to curb that a bit was I did a rap video for some university. And so it was silly. Like it was so silly and I knew it was silly, but I'm like, this is just me expressing my creativity in a safe space at a space that I know people will see it. Like I just knew, I, you know, there was, there was people on the site. So I knew at least that. And so I kind of got to like go off and for like a week, work on a song, like wrote a song, wrote some lyrics, you know, did the beat and then like plan the filming. I reached out to a bunch of pool companies to ask them if they would like sponsor it, meaning would they just throw their name behind it? And I would say I sent them the song and they, you know, it's, there's no there's no dirty words in it or anything. So everyone was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I put that online and it went viral within the pool community. And so everyone was like and then I, all of a sudden, like weirdly that silly video made me seriously because they're like, whoa, this was way more in, this is way more professionally polished than they thought. You know, when you hear, Hey, I have a rap song on the internet about pool care. You're probably thinking, Jesus Christ, like, no, <laughs> the what? No, oh God, I have to hear, you know, and I've been certainly, um, privy to a lot of these rap videos because now that I am associated with rap, in, in, in a way that I don't want to be, um, I get sent everyone like, oh, yeah, I did a rap song about entrepreneurship. Like, check it out. I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want to be a part of this world. Uh, and so I just and so I think, yeah, people were like, oh, my God, it's so catchy. It was so like I, I played it a thousand times in the office. I'm just like, oh, OK, cool. Like I became like this. Like, I, I honestly, like people took me seriously as a content creator. And so uh, that I think was a, a way to like hack that idea that like, yes, you're going to chase shiny objects, try to chase them within your own brand, try to, you know, figure out a way for it to long-term benefit what you're doing. Because nowadays 
I, I still have shiny object syndrome. I still chase things. The things that I chase, I make sure that they work across the things that I currently do. So for example, I am launching a software product called Lasso. Um, and that product is a shiny object, but I'm building it because we actually use an on swim university. And so like worst case scenario is I go down this path of building the software. It doesn't sell. Well, now I have technology that actually helps my current business. So it's yeah. like, I, I try to just stay within my own ecosystem if I'm going to chase those objects. And you know, that's just, that's basically the way I look at it. And now that I like have some university, I've done multiple blogs outside of the pool space and they all share the same internal mechanisms. So, um, you know, same writers, same staff, same, uh, or team is, I guess the word to use nowadays staff. Uh, like, staff you know, is like so a, 99. Such a, yeah, such a <laughs> 2000 and late. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, it's like, it's all, they all share the same ecosystem that I built. And so mm -hmm. even when I do chase a shiny object, I try to make sure that if it doesn't pan out, it benefits swimming diversity in some way. Not, mm -hmm. not, not just like makes me a better person or makes me more like smarter or whatever. Like I learned something new. No, it, it literally helps swimming diversity. So, okay. If you're like, so this is my question with this, and this is something that I've like really struggled with deciding what to do mm. is like when you're just getting started, it, would you say it's better to like, Hey, pick one horse and bet everything on it or say like, Hey, there's a very real chance that maybe this horse isn't going to be the one. So let's start, you know, like three or four like websites or brands and like mm. kind of like launch them, give them the time in SEO and then like kind of then make an educated decision as to which one to pick. I, I've done that before. Mm -hmm. um, you end up, I feel like your gut always wins. Like your gut always kind of knows before mm. like data knows. And it's like, all right, imagine you started four websites and the one that you hate it working on the most is the winner. Well, guess what? Yeah. You're stuck doing that thing. So <laughs> um, good luck with your beard oil blog. You know, like. <laughs> Hey, you got a bigger beard than I do right now, so yeah, you should be the I've one been, running that. I've been, I've been, yeah, I've been uh, keeping it going. But yeah, um, the way that I look at it is that there's no bad ideas, only ideas, only great ideas that go horribly wrong. Uh, or, or uh, to better put, that's a that's a Thirty Rock reference. There's no bad ideas, just horribly executed. Mm. And uh, I, I really think like if you are into something. Um, I'm into home brewing. I have a home brewing website. There is, there's quite a bit of home brewers out there, but it is declining. And I just love it. Like I think about it more than I think about business, uh, especially nowadays. And so I am, I'm going to start, I started that website. I love that website. I love working on that website. I love thinking about that website. I love doing things for that website. I will probably never stop because I love it so much. Is it going to make me a million dollars? I definitely not. It's never going to. But it's like, okay, am I all right with that? Because I get to wake up and think about beer instead of waking up and thinking about beard oil. Yeah, I think so. You know, it's like, and it's not about following your passion either because I'm certainly not passionate by any means. Hot Like, I'm certainly not. I just, I, it just made the most sense. I had a ton of knowledge about pools and hot tubs. It's like, might as well put this to good use and scale my knowledge like this. I mean, I spent <clears throat> 10 years of my life learning something that I'm never going to own a pool. Like I promise you that because I know too much and I, and it's, <laughs> they're, 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 they're hard to take care of. And, uh, they are, they are, they're just hard to take care of. And I, and I know too much That's the bottom line. And so therefore I'm like, I just like, is this all this going to go to waste? Is all this knowledge that I, that I obtained over the last 10 years just going to disappear? And it's like, no, actually, I've, 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 I've actually encapsulated it, put it on a shelf and it continues. And it's a museum now that can, that continues to pay me forever. It's like my retirement plan, you know? So I took this, this moment in my life of learning about something that I was probably, that most people will never use again. A lot of college kids, you know, at a, you know, summer jobs, they get a job at the pool store. I worked with tons of them, 
you know, they, they gain all this knowledge in the summer and then it's all gone. I mean, I don't know how much knowledge you have left over from, from lifeguarding, but it, it's, but it's slowly going away as you get uh, older. Knowledge? No, but I do still have like PTSD when I hear fucking Marco Polo. I like, like right. I lose it. Or so, whistles. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Or I see a kid running. I snap. <laughs> yeah, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's but like all of the uh, yeah, the not like if you have knowledge from a previous life, it's just going to end up going away. And so um, I just find ways to to like sort of bottle that, stick it up on a put it in a museum and then have and charge people to view it. You know, Mm -hmm. that's one way to some one analogy I just thought of, which kind of love now. I'm going to I'm going (laughs) to run with that for a little bit. But uh, yeah, I I I I don't know. I, I just think that you your gut will tell you what the right idea is. You will feel good about it. And the way that I do idea formulation is it's everyone will tell you to write a bunch of shit down. Um, you know, make a list. I've done these millions of times. You make a list. And, you know, one of the things about creating niche websites is they'll say like, Oh, just go around your house, make a list of things that you own. And then there's probably like great keywords within that, you know, space. Like, Oh, look, I have an elliptical machine in my office. Like, Oh, elliptical machines. Like, does anybody writing about that? No, right, I'm going to start elliptical machine review blog or whatever. And it's like, God, do you really want to do that the rest of your life? <laughs> right about uh, elliptical machines. Yeah. It's like, oof. Uh, all right. I mean, Hey, if you want to do that and you're into that, that's cool. Uh, I certainly don't. And the way that I do it is you have, you have to write the list and then you throw the list away. Right. And you just let your mind sort of filter cream rises to the top. Mm. And there will there will be inevitably one idea, hopefully, uh, that floats and you will constantly think about it and you'll and it'll keep coming to mind. You're like, man, I really should start a podcast, man. I really should start a podcast. Oh, uh, you have a podcast. Um, you know, I've been thinking about doing a podcast. It's like you just constantly like I need to start a fucking podcast. And eventually, like the day comes where you're like, all right, like I'm starting a podcast or you know, with Swim University, I sat on Swim University two years. The idea of like putting, uh, building a pool website without even having, I had the name. And then I was like, I had talked about it for two years. And my buddy, who was my, my bass player at the time, was like, you keep talking about this website. When the hell are you going to actually build it? And I was like, mm. oh, you know, he's kind of, he can, and that was the thing. Like, that's that, that I thrive on that sort of, you can't, so I'm going to prove that I can sort of yeah. like, thing. So oh, you're, you're being... Do you God, do any sorry. like uh, so you said like that you just kind of like like come up with like ideas, but do you what do you do to test those ideas to see if they would be a good I niche website? You don't you don't, don't do any keyword research. Nope. <laughs> That's just stupid, but um uh I no, I don't. Um I will say when I did like uh one of the websites I started was Roasty. Which mm-hmm. is a co- which is a coffee website that I ended up selling last year, and I just liked coffee. Like I was just really into coffee at the time, right? And I was learning about coffee, and I was watching a ton of coffee videos. And I'm like, oh, I'm put like let me again, let me bottle this, put this to to, to use. Um, and you know, I don't make coffee the same way anymore. But like all of that knowledge that I had, and it's still, I mean, it's not all gone. Um, it 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 you know, it went towards this website. But I did, I didn't, I purposefully didn't look at a single keyword. I purposefully didn't look at another coffee website because I knew that if I saw one other coffee website that looked halfway decent, I would have been like, well, they did it. They did it mm. already. So like, you know, screw my idea, you know, and it's just, it would give me an excuse to just say like, oh, well, they did it better than I could ever do it. So then forget it. And so I just started, I, I found the name, I, you know, I immediately, the name kind of came to me and I was just like, and it's actually not even that great of a name if I'm being honest. Cause like, you really don't want modern coffee to be that roasty anymore. But anyway, that's a, I had, I, you know, that's a whole nother thing. But I, I had roastycoffee.com and I was like, yeah, okay, let me just start. Then I did keyword research and I just, and at that point you kind of, you, if you've been doing this long enough or you've just been on Google long enough, like, you know, if, if people are, you know what I mean? Like people are searching yeah. for coffee, shit. you know, I just knew that. So it's like, I didn't know how many words or what the specific terms were going to be. I just knew that people wanted coffee information. So that's like, it's not rocket science. Like even with the, the beard oil and, and elliptical examples, 
I don't even have to tell you, like, you know that there's people out there looking for, like, the best beard oil. You know there's people looking for, like, what's the coolest and, and most efficient elliptical machine or the smallest, the most compact. Like, you know people are out there. Or you know, like, what's the best way to use my elliptical machine? Like, people are searching for those terms. I just, I just can't tell you right now how many, but they're out there. So it's, like, it's always going to be useful. Do you worry about how you're going to monetize something? Like, let's say like an idea comes to you and yeah. you're like, oh, I don't know about like affiliate links. Yes. Like, do you then like try to figure that out and run with it? Or if you can't figure it out, do you still run with it? Yeah. So that was, that was roasty as well. I didn't know. I just knew like, well, I can sell espresso machines with affiliate links. I knew that. Like, I know right. I can, I know I could put a link to a French press that I like. I know I could put an affiliate link to a Chemex. And then I was like, well, and, and, and this is like, I just knew that. Right. I knew I could do banner advertising. You know, I knew I could do I knew I just, just could do those things. You can pretty much do those on any website, really. It's, it just depends on how lucrative it becomes. Now, if you if you look at Roasty within two years, which is a really fascinating story, I think in two years, zero outreach. I didn't write a single word on that blog. I, I had paid somebody to do it in two years. That blog was profitable after all expenses and I was make like I remember the peak it was December of 2017 I made like seven grand from just in just one month from Amazon obviously December being Christmas from one month I was like from one month and that's profit. And I was like that was uh no that was just okay. revenue okay and but then you know sizable I, I, revenue yeah yeah, I think I was paying a writer like $150 an article. We were doing an article a week. And so I think I was spending about $800 a month on it, roughly, between like graphic design and whatever. And and that was the that was the whole point of that experiment was to basically, can I recreate some university without doing any of the work? Besides, mm -hmm. I just, I built the website, but I didn't, you know, I didn't do any of the content and stuff. And yeah, the truth, yeah, I, I was able to do it in a very competitive space. And what ended up happening was Amazon sort of cut a lot of um, commissions for coffee products and some of the products that they sold a lot of. And my revenue ended up going down to like three grand a or it went from like three grand to four grand a month down to 1500 a month. And so that was when I was like, well, I think I'm going to sell it because I just didn't feel like there was a couple, and also I also created a course that did sell. It's just like who's gonna buy a video course on making coffee at home for more than like thirty bucks at the mm -hmm. most? Um, and you know there was just there were there were definitely monetization strategies that I had that I had known about and I had thought of and just decided that as a company, meaning my company is called Ace Media, um, we just create digital content. It's like what we do, and so. I could have done sponsorship deals. I could have done, um, you know, a coffee subscription service. I could have partnered with one of those companies. I could have done, uh, you know, I, I yeah, just there was a, there, I could have, uh, you know, drop shit or d did drop shipping. I could have did um, like buy my own, like get my own mm -hmm. products made. Amazon FBA, I think type stuff. Like all of these things were options to me, and I just went, you know what? I kind of don't wanna, and I feel like the experiment that I did is over. And I'm happy with the outcome. And so I was like, I'm actually rather start this homebrewing blog, which is more my passion than coffee was. And if I'm going to have a passion website, you know, that just like that, I don't really care if it makes enough money to pay me as long as it makes enough money to sustain itself. I'd rather it be about beer than coffee. And so I ended up selling uh, Roasty, which helped me get a little business debt that I had acquired from the off season of university. And then was able to start um, the homebrewing site, which makes now about a thousand bucks a month, and I don't really spend money on in content. profit I mean, or revenue. Uh, revenue, revenue, mm -hmm. revenue. So yeah, when I say makes, I'm just talking about revenue. And then sure. uh, the website, I think it's you know I pay like the equivalent of uh, twenty nine dollars a month for hosting. The domain's what ten dollars a year. Um, I pay for ConvertKit, which is forty nine dollars a month. And then I ha do we write two articles a month, so I pay a writer to do that, and that's really it. And it just kind of grows. The interesting thing with Roasty though is that while you did start out to do this this experiment, I also feel like it turned into another experiment, which was selling the website. Yeah, yeah, that was actually 
way easier than I thought it was going to be. And, uh, that was honestly like people ask me about it all the time because they're like, how was that? Like I've heard horror stories. I'm like, no, mine was awesome. Like awesome. Like I still talk to the guy I've sold it to, you know, like it was one, I think what I realized. So I kind of was overvaluing it as you do with your own babies. You overvalue the hell out of them. And I didn't know anything about the industry, but I was like, okay, they're really just evaluating, you know, 36 months revenue. That's pretty much, you know, and that, and that's pretty, that's pretty, uh, uh, liberal. Right. So I, when I put it out there, like I had a, I was part of like a little Facebook group where a bunch of like people bought and sold websites. And there was a couple of big players in there. When I put it out there with all the stats, it was like a feeding frenzy because my site looked legit. It was like very well branded. Yeah. It was very well designed. Like people knew that the bones of that website were like ripe for, for expansion. And I just, and I knew it too. I just wasn't willing to put that time in. Like I knew mm -hmm. that if I just paid, you know, l really low quality, I think personally writers to just target a bunch of keywords, like that site would, it would take off, but I just didn't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I didn't need to do it either. So I ended up, um, yeah, selling it to one person. It was the first website he ever bought. And we had a Skype conversation and we, I did all the technical work because I built the site. So I knew how to, you know, move all the content over to him. And it was like in a week we were done and I got a free contract from, so one of the guys, uh, who was like helping me, one of the brokers, uh, he was like, I'll just give you one of our contracts cause you should just do this yourself. And I was like, oh, okay. It was like the, cause it was a, it was a small deal. Like, well, he wasn't going to make really any money on it. So it wasn't worth his time, but he took a phone call with me and he was like, man, he's like, you should sell this privately. Here's a copy of our contract. And I was like, all right, sweet. So I didn't even have to get hire a lawyer. Um, and I did hire, no, I actually did hire a lawyer cause he hired a lawyer and just really to look over the sheet to make sure we were cool. I think it's like a couple hundred bucks and then he used escrow.co or.com. And that's how we did the money. It was in limbo. He had to get a loan out and then, um, moved yeah and just tech, did it all in a week moved everything over to him all the social media accounts the website domain all that stuff what did you sell see 54,000 55,000 something like that this is like the crazy thing i think about kind of like the business that you're in is that okay you spend 2 years you spend you know money and and then time yeah. and effort granted all those things you know doing this thing and you're saying that you know it was making like it you know the revenue drop but you're still selling it for 55k you know, yeah, the, that's a good amount of money yeah, I, to to bring in from this website and to then like use to fuel something else, you know, totally. And if you think about it with if you were to do that work and not pay anybody to do that work, you know, I to look, to, let's be real. Like I could have written an article a week, yeah. you know, on roast for two years. Come on, give me a break. Like that's not that much work. And then at the end of those two years, I would have been all that money would have been um, almost all profit, you know, because the the actually the overhead of the site is pretty minimal mm -hmm. and then yeah and then if i wanted to sell it like that's even more you know and it's like that could have all been mostly mine but i you know i didn't want to do any of the work so i hired out for that and um and i didn't want to you know scale it up or anything like that and that was my decision but yeah it was yeah you it's possible it's certainly possible but i mean i think too like not to pat myself on the back in this for a long time and I have design skills and I have website design skills and so like a lot of these things cost a lot of money if you don't know how to do them and I just learned and so like I think that my strength is like I can build a website in one day and that's lightning fast that's well designed well branded and like that shit costs a ton of money I mean mm. tens of thousands of dollars if you want something of that quality and so I'm like why did you know? And that's like, and people paid me that kind of money to do it for them. And so, you know, if you do it for yourself, it's obviously it makes it a lot easier. The the thing I don't have is the writing ability, which is like, you know, that's that's where I ended up, you know, having to pay other people to do the work for me, which ends up being even more costly than the website design itself. But then, if you don't have a good website design, then the the the, the writing can suffer, or your SEO efforts can suffer for sure. Right. Well, so. in 
you know, we're about to like start wrapping up, but before mm-hmm. we do, I really tell me, you know, we, we've kind of mentioned these experiments. Um, and yeah. so tell me about money lab and tell me like what all is going on there and what are some of the projects that you're launching, uh, currently that people can check out. So, uh, you know, the money lab is basically my playground for shiny object syndrome. It's where I know I have it. I know it's something that I can't shake and an entrepreneur shouldn't shake. And so I thought, well, if I can't shake this habit, then how do I profit from it? You know? And so everything at money lab is an experiment within my ecosystem of, you know, Hey, I'm going to try to, you know, build a course in seven days and sell it on money lab, or I'm going to try to build a course in three days and sell it on swim university, or I'm going to build this software that I'm using on some university, but then I'm going to end up selling it through money lab. And so everything kind of like, so I have, you know, money lab, swim university and brew cab. And those are like my three major brands. And so money lab is sort of the byproduct of experiments that I do on my other two or three websites. And then that's where that all culminates. But then sometimes money lab is meta where like I'm doing an experiment just for money lab. So it's like, you know, when I do a, a course or, uh, I was designing, I, I recently like redid all of my email marketing strategy with ConvertKit, And so I documented that whole entire thing as an experiment to see if I can make more money with, with swim university. Turns out, I mean, you can read the whole thing. It's, it's, you have long. a podcast episode about it too, right? Because I, I yeah, listened I to that and that was great. I, I thought you yeah. guys did a really good job with Andrew on that. Yeah, that one. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people. So thank you. A lot of people said that because it was it, it, a lot of people get wrapped up in the you know oh email marketing is everything and then when you see somebody actually do it and it's and it's like oh that's actually way more com- like I actually made it very complicated that didn't work simplified it that worked holy crap. This doesn't have to be that like daunting to get into. But the most recent thing that I'm working on is I mentioned Lasso, which is a WordPress plugin, a, um, a WordPress plugin that's $49 a month. It's it's available now at getlasso.co. And basically it is an affiliate marketing management tool within your WordPress site. So basically we are documenting how we're trying to get to 15,000 monthly recurring revenue in six months. And so we had to sit down and talk like, well, if we could, if we have to get to six or if we have only six months, like what are the marketing strategies that we can use? Cause SEO is kind of out of the question because you know, SEO takes time to build, which we will still do. But like, if we're trying to get to 15,000 in six months, that's not going to be an option. And so we're really kind of banking on podcasts and, uh, we're banking on like just a really ridiculously viral sales page. They're just trying to make it like the most, engaging and coolest and like well-crafted sales page of all time, which I think just gets you a lot of press and, um, and then affiliate relationships, you know, people who want to pitch lasso and use lasso for themselves and their website and pitch them, you know, use basically leveraging other people's existing audiences, which I've never done before. So, um, that's all going to be documented at moneylab.co, like all the behind the scenes numbers and everything on, on building We've built the software, which you can watch that too. There's a whole nother article about that. And then there's an article about how we're going to try to reach 15,000 and it starts June 1st. So I'm, I'm really excited to check out, uh, first of all, I, the, because there was a plugin before lasso that lasso is based on, right? Yes. And I know people who use it and I know they love that. So I'm really excited to see what lasso comes out, but I'm, I'm personally really excited to see the sales page because uh, I've been hearing a lot about it, but then also the last sort of like promotional yeah. thing that you released, which was, I think, the video for your affiliate marketing course. Yeah, I, which one? There's two of them. The the, the sex one. The, okay. The, <laughs> oh, I was, cr- it, I'm going to link this up in the show notes, but this is, this is the funny, I like walked out, I was like, oh my God, that, like I went to my girlfriend, I'm like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> Yeah, thank you. It was like, so, so that's, that's an example, another example of like, uh, I have like this creative energy and I need to get it out. And instead of trying to put it into a different project, like you, I just put it into the marketing of an existing thing. And so like, it's, it's similar to the, you know, uh, you know, Steph and I, who was uh, my girlfriend who we worked on it together. She, she had the idea, she put it together. Um, this we is hired her a, idea. Yeah, it's her idea. We, 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 we hired a, um, someone on Fiverr to do the voiceover. 
Uh, she wrote the script. And yeah, and then I just put the video together, which was like, yeah, I mean, that was like two days of work, which was like the funnest because I was like cracking up doing it because I was like finding these clips on YouTube of like these old 90s, like, uh, you know, hotline ads. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is br- like this is so good. And it was just like me cutting it together. It was sort of like making a, like a mixtape, you know, it was just like it was weird. It was weird and so much fun and obviously like works, you know? Yeah. It's like people noticed it. Yeah, no, it was it was hilarious. Um, well, man, I gotta say thank you so much for uh, coming on the show and taking the time to talk to us. Uh, and yeah, I'm really excited to see all the things that you got coming out. Any uh, last things that you want to say, or where can people find you on the internet and check out some of your stuff? Yeah, just go to MoneyLab.co, and if you own a pool, you can go to SwimUniversity.com. <laughs> and if you own, if you like to homebrew beer, you can go to BrewCabin.com. Cool, man. Well, cheers. Cheers.